Welcome to Beyond a Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Jeremy Autry. And I'm Chuck Mead. And we are continuing the conversation about phone usage with your kids. And we have some very special guests in the studio today. So we've got Dolan and Kristen Williams joining us. And uh, they've been a part of Central for a few years now. They both serve with us um, in student ministry. Take that, Jeremy. Um, so Dolan and Kristen both lead small groups. <laughs> Kristen uh, helps lead our student band. They serve in many other areas of our church. Dolan, Kristen, we're happy to have you guys today. Yeah, we're, glad, yeah, we're glad to be here. So if you guys uh, wouldn't mind just starting off sharing a little bit about yourselves and about your kids, their ages, and where they're at. Yes, we came here in 2020, like you said, a few years ago. And we actually came through uh, Sunday Night Live and the Sundays Plus programs where our children started uh, attending and being a part of. And that's Take that, Chuck. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that's how we came to know you guys and start to really meet some of the families here at Central Baptist Church. And we have been just so blessed. We can't say how much we appreciate you as pastors. Strong families that have been here, you know, just pouring into our lives. As you know, Kristen and I introduced that we're here today and we have three children, Savannah, age 15, Noah, 13 years old, and Levi, 12. And um, we're happy to be able to be to come and, and share with you guys on this topic today. Well, we really appreciate it. So we want to get started really by asking you guys, where do you see the biggest dangers are with phone usage for kids and teens today? As uh, you guys have obviously already been talking about on your podcast and as uh, we've been observing in the community, all of us as well as seeing on the news, most of the research points towards that the most significant dangers today, I I feel like, and and you also have been reading about, is some of our students, the possibility of them falling prey to destructive influencers on the internet that may come from social platforms where they get caught on Facebook or TikTok or, or different programs out there that may start distort their view of self or maybe get viewing porn or raw violence or cyberbullying. Another big danger today is developmental and social delays mm. that sometimes happen when students are, or children are really abusing screen time or screen time is being abused. Then, you know, of course, a, a lot of learning gets lost of where they're having interactions with their parents or their siblings or other friends that time is is lost in there, and that can actually affect their development. And then the last thing I think would be, in terms of you know the, the biggest dangers here, is um, a lack of learning that only can really be found from unstructured play, exploring nature and the world around them, reading good books and literature, being exposed to other media, watching great movies, mm-hmm. and having these conversations that they need to have within their family. So. You know, we're, we're learning a lot as a community, and we're learning a lot as families about the multiple layers of technology and how it affects a child's development. I mean, indeed, technology is wonderful in many ways. It helps us spread the gospel around the world. It helps us to communicate with each other. It helps teenagers, students feel more connected sometimes and positive influences. But these can be dangerous, and we as parents have to be really indig- diligent and intentional about it. Like it says in Proverbs, you know, that we should guard and watch out for the snares, train up a child in the way you should go. Yeah. All right. Let's back up, back to your introduction, um, because first of all, you guys are both great and your kids are great. Mm-hmm. And so 
obviously you're a good fit for this podcast, but tell us about yourselves a little bit more, your profession, what you guys do, because I think that will also inform or help uh, everybody understand what you bring to this conversation. I homeschool our kids. I was a public school teacher before our first child was born. After that, we've homeschooled since the beginning. Also, I teach piano. And uh, I am an outpatient mental health uh, professional, and I work primarily with adults, some teenagers, and I do uh, contract services through North Raleigh Mental Health in uh, Raleigh, and so I do a lot of Christian counseling. So what we've got, uh, someone in the mental health profession and someone in the education realm, profession and uh, formerly profession. Now you're doing it for free, which my (laughs) wife does, too. And uh, that's amazing. It's a big deal. It's hands on all day seeing how kids tick. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what you guys are bringing to this and and uh, your answer before we see how that fits in, that you're aware, very aware of this this realm and how it plays into to our parenting. Oh, yeah. And your kids being in those critical ages with Savannah being in high school and your two boys in middle school, even life being different, like for all of us, life is very different when we were their age when it comes to technology because it's changed so fast. Yeah. And us being all in this journey together, navigating, learning new things, even something as now that's recently come up is the advancement of artificial intelligence. And now that's becoming a new way for people to cheat on papers and writing things like that. You know, so, I mean, it's always evolving and changing, but it's yeah. just fascinating. Yeah. And I love that you, you brought out in your, your answer um, before I interrupted and backed us up, um, that the, there's the real dangers of the influence from the phone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it messing with the way, the way kids think. But then there's also just the danger of them taking their eyes off the world around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks for reminding us of that. Yeah. You know, that's the, it's not just that the phone is dangerous, but we're missing out yes. on some really cool stuff mm-hmm. uh, outside of that mm-hmm. little three by five screen or whatever. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, guys, what is your ultimate purpose? Right. Building on mental health, <clears throat> Dolan, that being your mm-hmm. profession, how do phone use and social media impact mental health? What are you seeing, especially from your profession? Oh, yeah. I, um, that certainly, as you guys know, there's a lot to unpack here, but I'm going to try to be brief. The explanation, as God has created us, we are really designed as human beings to be in community. This is what he designed us to be, to be connected and be uh, to be life-flowing with each other and to be in kindred spirits. And it, it's in these relationships, it's in these interpersonal social reactions that we learn to manage our emotions, regulate our nervous systems, find comfort, love, validation from each other. And when we allow something like the overuse of screens to decrease those natural God-given influencers, which help us, you know, to effectively uh, manage our emotions and be able to make amends with someone that we're upset with or manage problems. We increase mood instability. We decrease the ability in our culture to do uncomfortable things. We make it easier for people to become overly anxious and dysregulated. And this results in increased bouts of depression with our children and teenagers, as well as anxiety problems. There's been lots of surveys done by the U.S. and the U.K. in regards of how um, being on social media platforms like Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you know, lots of different social platforms that can lead a student to increase feelings of depression and anxiety and poor self-image and loneliness 
if that teenager is apt to get overwhelmed by lots of drama or being targeted by other people or comparing themselves to unrealistic expectations of how they're supposed to look yeah. or how they're supposed to talk mm-hmm. or what group they're supposed to be involved in or ones that they're not or they're feeling left out. When a teenager who don't necessarily have these skills to manage their emotions and these interpersonal interactions and they're, they're getting flooded with all of this information without some guidance, without a guide, somebody with them, it can raise the potential that they'll fall prey to that. And, and obviously, we've all seen on the news cyberbullying, the mm-hmm. damage that can be, pornography, the damage that that does to our kids, children, as well as adults and families, and exposure to the real world of, of violence and how that can affect a kid. But also in addition to that, we're also seeing in the mental health field that the increase of abusive screen time also leads to poor activity, which has increased obesity, difficulty with sleep schedules and sleep problems, more delays in language, social development, desensitization of violence, and also attention problems. So being able to focus. When you started, you talked about these things outside of us that help us develop. And we're learning how to deal with anxiety as we interact with other people. We're learning how to deal with negative feelings. But by me being focused on my phone, I'm missing out on some of that that would help me be less anxious. Is that, is that, did I understand that correctly? Yes, absolutely. Uh, believe it or not, you, you hear a lot of professionals talk about that kids should do some dangerous things and things that make them nervous. They, they pick on moms about let them climb to the top Helicopter of the, parents. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let, them, let them climb to the top <coughs> of the playground. Let them climb that tree and get a little bit nervous and anxious when they look down because they're learning to navigate their nervous system. When you walk into a store and a student has their face in a screen and they're not taught to drop their screen and say, hello, my name is and how are you? you and have this dialogue with a stranger that they don't know, then what you're doing is you're setting them up for more social anxiety Uh later because they're not having, especially at those young, tender developmental years where they're learning what is, how they can manage and tolerate and what they do in situations where they might feel embarrassed or not and having a parent close by to be able to do that. If they're stuck in their screen, they miss that as well as you know, outdoor play with their neighbors. They're at home and they're stuck in a video game console or playing a game when they could be out playing kickball and something goes wrong in the kickball game and they have to negotiate. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I um I think in my mind it's always been, oh, there's things on the phone that are dangerous for the mental health. Not thinking of the flip side of that, if someone who's developing intellectually, we're removing those things that are developing them too. So not only are they looking at something that's dangerous, but they're turning away from something that would help them. And then building on that. <clears throat> well, is there anything else you wanted to go into in that? No. Um, I love the unique perspective you bring towards that, Dolan. It always helps me think through, okay, here is, whenever we I talk about issues hitting teen culture and things that come up, having that, not a spin, but just having that insight to be able to think how it's actually affecting and all the the fan, the chemical in words that you use and things like that, it really does fascinate me to know there's really something neurological. How do you say that? Neuro- neurological. Neurological. Neuro- neurological. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> I'm a professional orator. You sure are. Orator. 
orator. Man, <laughs> never mind. I love it. But I appreciate that. So, um, and I know I'd love to even go more on to insight in the future, maybe a future episode just talking about mental health and anxiety and depression, just camping on that because we know that's so prevalent yeah, today. It's a, it's an epidemic mm-hmm. among teenagers, you know. I mean, it's really, a, and adults too, Yeah. Um, so, Kristen, <clears throat> I know you're excited about talking in front of the millions <laughs> and yet. millions of listeners we have at home. So with all that in mind, and we know this isn't prescriptive. We're not saying every family has to be exactly like your family. Um, and only as much as you're comfortable, you know, your kids are going to listen to this podcast. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe when they're 30, they're going <laughs> to. Um, but anyway. So tell us about the safeguards, the strategies. Tell us about your ultimate purpose in the way you parent when it comes to phones and tablets and screens. Yeah. So um, it is a fact that we give our attention to what we value. And technology has definitely captured our attention and has made us consumers more than we are creators. Uh But as parents, we can be proactive in shaping our children's characters and Technology, like Dolan said, is not necessarily bad in and of itself. It, it can help us or it can hinder us depending on how we use it. So we believe strongly in ordering their affections, ordering our, our kids' affections. In Matthew 19, Jesus tells the rich young ruler that there is one thing he lacks. In Luke 10, we see him telling Martha that even though she's busy about many things, Mary has chosen the better. She's chosen what's best. And in Matthew 22, when he's asked, when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? He tells them there are two, to love God with your whole heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. So it it seems that Jesus believes that there is this ordered hierarchy of affection or loves. That gives us as parents a responsibility, but a privilege to shape our children's appetites for truth, for goodness, for beauty, to share life with them, to nourish their imaginations and cultivate wisdom in them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And while they're, while our children's and teens' brains are still developing, this is the best time to fill them up with all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. We want them to create and cultivate the world around us. We want them to have a strong faith, humble and compassionate hearts, a love for learning. We want them to have skill sets that help them seek out knowledge and truth everywhere. That is good. That is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... um. It can be overwhelming mm-hmm. because every parent has that, yeah, this is what we want. We want to look back and or we want to look forward and dream of this 25-year-old who's well-adjusted and is impacting the world for God and and uh, who is a creator and a cultivator and all of that. You know, but the daily grind is overwhelming. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot. I feel bad. I, I I'm, I'm way behind on listening to the podcast, but I keep coming. So I'm catching up, and I keep coming to us talking about lazy parenting. Um, and as I'm hearing me say that, it feels so harsh. I'm like, oh, I'm such a jerk calling people lazy parents. And I think it's still a true moniker. The truth is life is big, and there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that has to happen, and our kids have to know math. You know, They have to know what seven squared is, and they have to... They have to understand science, and they have to do all those kind of things. And we have to think about their character and their phone. And so there has to be some strategies in place. And um, would you guys just give us a peek behind the curtain of what that looks like at the Williams house? Yeah. I, you know, I think <clears throat> the thing you have to think about when you really get into this um, is because it can be overwhelming, but it's really 
you know, a stewardship that we want to we want to think about. We think about Paul when he reminds us that we need to focus on whatever is good, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure. In Philippians four eighteen, and that as a family we we celebrate this. Live the life that unfolds before you. Love goodness more than you fear evil. Mm-hmm. I love the. And many, many parents probably take this verse and hold it close. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Jeremy, you were talking about lazy parenting and that made me think about how as parents, modeling is so much more effective than lecturing our kids. Lecturing is kind of easy. That's the easy way to do it. But modeling is harder, but it's more effective. And so we as parents need to be purposeful in providing this correct pattern for our kids to copy. We want to conduct our lives in a way that says, follow me. You can follow me. You can do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And we can't shape their appetites if we're staying in the shadows. So this whole idea with technology and managing it, and it can be a beast, but it's it's a moment-by-moment learning process with our kids. And, and sometimes we're going to fail, um, but it's it's still the ultimate goal to be purposeful in, in providing this pattern for them. So so as far as the, the strategies and safeguards that we have in place, yeah, we don't have no, a perfect system. but No, not um, a perfect system at all. I mean, obviously, you know, we've been with these parents that you approved this movie. You're like, oh, yeah, it's a great movie to watch. And you're like, halfway through, okay, guys, I'm sorry. We shouldn't be watching this movie at all. Yeah. Or uh, approving an app that you're like, hey, we think this is okay, and then find out that it's not. I mean, yeah. We make mistakes. We're, so we don't have a corner market on this is the way no. to do it. We're just sort of living out life and trying to work with our children just like every other family. Uh, of course, as a family, we want to put safeguards in place to protect our home. And so one of the software programs that we landed on after going through several was a, a program called Questudio. And What's Questudio, it called? Questudio. Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O. Okay. And that program, the reason we chose that particular one is because it works with Windows, Apple, Androids, Kindles, across the board. It, it does have a cost to it per year. I think it's around $50 a year, but it, it's certainly well worth it. And it provides a report every day to whoever is the administrator of it of where folks are going and what they're doing. It even gives anything that was ever put in a search bar by your student or whatever apps and it won't allow them to load certain things. They have to ask permission to load certain things to their app. So it, that really helps us put safeguards in place to protect our home and then so that we can really use technology to go after the good stuff, right, that Kristen's talking about. And um, obviously there's some other things we have in place too. Yeah, we don't um, we don't allow screens in their bedrooms at night um, unless there's a unique circumstance. We try to keep Sundays free from from doing anything with screens. Obviously, we don't want to be inflexible and we don't want to be legalistic about it. Um, Technology is an integral part of life, so we just try to have conversations. We have sort of a framework of rules, but then we can have conversations if there's exceptions that need to happen. Um, We don't really allow screens at the table when we're eating. Obviously, they can't have them at church meetings. We don't let them bring them in stores, restaurants. Basically, anytime they're interacting with another person, again, unless it's just a special circumstance, we just want them to know how to manage themselves in those kinds of situations. We want them to have conversations with all kinds of people, how to show courtesy, how to be bored. We want them to know how to be bored because um, that's when the imagination comes alive. And so we don't we don't want to just tell them to put their tablets down or, you know, if your kids have phones, don't. We, we want to show them how to fill that void. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, you know, we really started having these intricate conversations in um, around age seven. They were 
taking a, a class on cybersecurity and cyber safety of whether they should be able to share on the Internet or not through Cub Scouts and American Heritage Girls, which got them ready for um, a Kindle Fire when they got mm-hmm. in elementary age where they would have an hour of free time on uh, Kindle Fire. This involved conversations with them about them being able to be responsible with that, but also them knowing that we're doing this so that they would have plenty other time for kickball and tag and going fishing and catching crawdads and mm-hmm. hanging out in the woods and spending time with friends uh, to make sure that they're being good stewards of yeah. their time and helping them understand that this is about stewardship. They'd also had a kid's email where they could interact with other family members and, and other people, their friends had approved. They could do video chat, of course. We, we counted that outside of their regular hour time. It would be more of a game time. And then in seventh grade, if they continued with the good stewardship, uh, each one has been given a, an iPad um, to help them with their schoolwork, writing papers, doing research, having uh, online classes, um, and then also just the fun of texting their friends. They, mm-hmm. they have that capability um, with our app, the Quiz Studio app in place. And then, at, and then at 16. Yeah. And see, with the Custodio app, and you're sort of kind of being able to see, and, and in these conversations, you're able to see as your student's developing, they're becoming more responsible, better stewards, hopefully. And then our next step at his age 16 is where, if they're continuing to demonstrate this, that they become eligible for a phone that they're financially responsible for. Wow. We want to have with our students uh, them to feel this sense of money management and being responsible for, like, how do we manage this? And do I want the unlimited data plan? Do I want this particular phone? Do I want them to be able, because they, they're seeing all the fun stuff. Yeah. What is it behind that? How do, you, how do they power that? How are they able to, to do that and, and purchase that? So that's where we're at with that. For time's sake, we're going to pause here on this interview and pick up the rest next Wednesday. So please tune in next Wednesday for part two of this interview with Dolan and Kristen. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have everything we need for this journey. Have a great week.